Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at That's Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Is a trash-talking athlete stupid or clever? What's the best pint-sized pet? Will Pops talk about golf again? The guys cover all of these burning questions and talk about football shows, dupe points, and the dupe boys being added again. All that and more this week on Just Press Play. Got covered by Aretha Franklin in RSPCT. Find out what it means to me. Look, I want you each to use Ombudsman in a sentence next week. I got one for you. My name is Kevin, the official Ombudsman. You like apples? All right, we're back another week, and it's another week of the Just Press Play, and I just want the listeners out there to know, Dad's out here, Pops is out here in pouring rain, dealing with the elements. You know, it's it's raining cats and dogs yeah. in Texas. You know, you could, it's thundering. You could go inside, Dad. You, you might want to put it <laughs> yeah, indoors. Yeah, but maybe I should do that. All right. I'm going to go out indoors. Yeah. Give me a minute. <laughs> I mean, just right. we want to give the people what they want, and they need Pops just off the dome, and we, we, we got on, and as soon as we got on. And he does it best on the porch. <laughs> and we heard it just thundering like crazy and i was like i don't know if my power is gonna go out but let's do it it's sunday night so (laughs) we want to give the people what they want you know i'm telling you people need the show we're not gonna take a day off so except for like all those weeks that we have except for except Except for for when when one of us gets married (laughs) so i got we got some fun stuff this week some ha- some stuff happened on a golf course. I want to bring up to you guys. Uh, there's some football, of course. We I'm sure we we might touch on a little. Wait, wait. Football. We get to talk about golf on the podcast <laughs> yeah. this we, week. That's a treat. And <laughs> it's another week of another. It's I think every single Sunday there's a new reason for me to say football's here, baby. Football's back. Even though like <laughs> we've already said it once, but then I'm like, oh yeah, here it is. Absolutely. And then there's a there's a John Gruden quote that I just have to share with LJ. Oh, yes, that please. we'll get to here wait. in a little bit. <laughs> So there, there's a lot of good stuff, but let's go ahead and, and jump into Can it. Can we have I a weekly segment of Gruden quotes? Just like <laughs> just Gruden every said week. this today. Yeah. Can you watch all of Gruden's press conferences after every game and then just come back to me with the best quote from that press conference? I was just, I love hearing <laughs> I it. I really, there's enough, he, he, there's enough that comes from Gruden. We probably could. We honestly could come up uh, with a Gruden segment every week. But Oh man, 10 more years, 10 more years. Uh, just... <laughs> With Gruden, they won't pay Khalil Mack, but they give Gruden a hundred million dollars, and he just makes a bowl <laughs> out of himself. I don't. Understand. Anyway, let, let's get to. I want to go ahead and jump into the best and worst of the week, and I, I'm going to start, guys. I got my best of the week. I heard this sound the other day, and it was it was just fun. Just I'll let you hear it. <laughs> and it's a good sound. I, I heard the Monday <laughs> night football. It was on Thursday night. They they did the the first one. 
of the season on Thursday night. It was a preseason game. I think it was like the Redskins and Jets. But it was the first uh, one. It was just awesome to hear. Football. It was awesome to hear hear the the Monday night. I just heard it. Like my yeah. TV was on. And I was doing something in my room, and all of a sudden I heard that. But uh, da da, and I just like pump pump. But I got all pumped in my room, so I had to sit down <laughs> on the couch and watch some preseason football. Yeah. But. Yeah. It was also the first game to get to see the new Monday Night Football crew because because uh, oh, as we said, oh, yeah. as we talk, Gruden Gruden's not there anymore. Neither is Sean McDonough, and so the new crew is Joe Tessitore, our boy Jason okay. Witten, longtime Cowboy, and right, right. Booger McFarland's out there on. I don't know if they know exactly what they're doing. Booger McFarland and Lisa Salters are both on the sidelines. I don't know if they quite know what they're doing with Booger. I really like Booger McFarland. I think he's. I do too. I like old Booger. But he's doing this little thing where he's floating around around the field and it kind of it doesn't work all that well because he never know you never know when he's jumping into the conversation and I don't think they know when he's jumping in. But well, this is the time it's preseason. They yeah, gotta work out the second team offense. Kings, you but know? I'm really um, pumped. I'm really pumped. They're to trying see. to raise him up to be the goose, the Ger- Sarah Goosa. Well, that I never thought. I never thought the goose worked out that well. It was always I like goose, but it always was funny. It was just odd. He would just be there, and all of a sudden, like, oh, we're going down to goose. You yeah. know? Yeah, for sure. I hear you. But I'm pumped because one, I really like. I want to see Jason Witten. I want to see how he does because I, I. I a lot of people gave uh, our boy flag, but Tony Romo, I think, was great moving up to the booth. Oh, hell of an announcer, yeah. And Oh, yeah. And so I'm interested to see how Witten does. It was funny. Witten, within the first, I think, five minutes of being on TV, they were doing like a Sam Darnold thing. And he's like, you know who he really reminds me of? And he had to, he threw his boy Tony Romo. And he's like, he reminds me of a young Tony <laughs> Romo. It just there's, there's some real, we talked about, dad talked about he had some man love for Malcolm Gladwell. There's some man love between Jay Witt and Romo. I'm telling you. But, well, yeah. and Jason Witten is one of the classiest guys that has ever played in the NFL. I mean, just, I mean, and, and you could tell, I think they really respected Romo. I mean, I, there's a lot of Romo haters out there, a lot of Cowboys fans that were Romo haters, and they need to just take a back seat. Well, I mean, I think, okay, so I think the reason people, one of the biggest reasons people bash on Romo is a team that hasn't been to the Super Bowl in forever has two people in the booth right now. Like, it's just really easy to hate the Cowboys. It is crazy. Like, when was the last Two guys retired last within time a year, and they're already in the booth on huge games. Like, Romo's with Nance, and one Witten's is, on Aikman's Monday probably night. probably still doing games, right? Yeah. I mean, like, you can't yeah, but, get away from a cowboy. You, you but just they're can't good. do it. I mean, but they're good well, at it, right? Well, the jury's still out on Witten. We don't know about Witten. Those but. are the only three former players that, like, they have to come from the Cowboys to be a good announcer. Like, there's good announcers on every team. But the Cowboys have so much recognition because they're always on. It's the same. I mean, the NFC East is ha- easy to hate because you can't turn on a Sunday night game and it not be a team from the NFC East. It's just the worst. Yeah. I mean, so it's I Philly, get why Washington, people in New York, Dallas. I bet yeah. the opening game of the season this year is probably Giants and Cowboys. I swear the past like seven years, it's been Giants Cowboys opening Sunday night football. I, it seems like it's always that. Well, and the primetime week 17 game is going to be whoever is in the mix for the NFC East playoff spot. Yeah. It's just every year. Every year. Well, and yeah. that that does that is interesting to me. And I will say another reason to, uh, Romo got a lot of hate is just like it's, it happens with every everything, especially in sports, but I think in just in general. When so, he got a lot of love to start out, and there's always when there's that much love, there's always pushback where people just don't like him just because yeah. so many people. It's just yeah. like everyone when the Warriors first got going, everyone loved the Warriors because they're fun to watch. But then people liked him so much, but now it's yeah. like it became not cool to like the Warriors, so you had to hate on the Warriors. Yeah, right. So I think right. you get some of that. Right. But I'm yeah. now, yeah. 
I will say I think Romo is great, and I also think he's a, him and Witten are probably. I mean, I know Romo is a great announcer, and I could totally see Witten being a great announcer. So I'm not just trying to like blindly say that they're terrible. I think they're great, but I could see why people get tired of. Them, I know Witten seemed Witten yeah. seemed like okay. he didn't know I, when I watched a little while of the game. Witten seemed like he didn't really know when to when to jump in and when not to, and I think that'll come naturally. But I'm really pumped yeah, with who's with there. him. I don't know if y'all have watched much Joe Tessitore, but I love me some Joe Tessitore. Not much, no. and. Joe Testor's one. I'm not a Texas fan, but Joe Testor is the one that gave us this right here. Swoops dancing for the win. Texas is back, folks. That was when Texas beat Notre Dame in the week one, and everyone, Texas fans, went crazy, and Testor said that, and they ended up going like five and seven. It was it was fun for an Arkansas fan to make fun of Texas fans going, <laughs> is Texas back? But <laughs> uh, I was reading about – I was doing a little uh, – the, the the ringer did like a profile on Tessator. I've always liked him. The one thing that will be tough watching some Monday Night Football, it was weird hearing his voice with pro football because you just think like a good college Saturday game. But it was really interesting to me to hear Joe Tessator talk about play-by-play announcers. And he had this cool little theory I wanted to share with you all. I thought it was neat. He said that you can get play-by-play announcers and divide them into two groups. And one group is like the classically trained violinist. This would be, as he said, Jim Nance, Al Michaels, and Joe Buck. They are precise and letter perfect, and they call a pretty much flawless game. Couldn't I agree with those guys? Yeah, I agree with that. Okay. Then he said, then okay. you have yeah. what yeah. Testor calls the jazz riffers. And that's what he says he or Brent Musburger or Gus Johnson would be. He said the jazz riffer just, they want to get the down and the distance right, obviously, but then they want to push past all that smooth talk and blah, 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 and just connect with you like they're watching a football game with you. And they, they, there's no telling what might come between its first and 10. And it's yeah. just, I, I thought that was cool. And he said he wants to really connect with the audience on a that primal cool. level. And that it's just like with that that touchdown call right there for, for uh, Texas, he didn't actually say, swoops with the touchdown he just said texas is back i get and it's it, there's a feeling to it it's just cool yeah. I, I think people will really like him so does that make uh does that make john madden the guy that learned smoke on the water and doesn't think he needs to learn anything <laughs> else because you know he's pretty good yeah. at it <laughs> but so i got i, I got a little i got that a little cool long-winded thing. on mine just because monday night football gets me a little pumped up but uh what, what do y'all got? What, what you got for your best of the week, El? Uh, so uh, we have Hannah and I have not had any time uh, over the past like two weeks, really. And last night we played computer games together and just like did nothing. So that was fun. And then uh, on a less personal shout out, I want to say that I I love what's happening. Josh Gordon uh, decided he had a problem, went to go fix it, had the backing of his team. Um, he just was welcome back to practice, I think, yesterday or something like that. Um, didn't lose his job because he was getting treatment and, in fact, was encouraged to go do so. I just think that's awesome. It has nothing to do with how uh, I'm probably going to pick him in, like, the first three rounds of my fantasy league. Um, I just I really love the, you know, the story of somebody, you know, saying I'm at rock bottom. I need to fix it. And the people around him saying, yeah, let's it's re- whatever it's, we can do. It's really you know, funny that awesome. you bring that. that up because me and dad, yeah. I think, talked about Josh Gordon this morning. And he just kind of asked, what's the deal yeah. with him not being on hard knocks? Like it, he's not at the team with training camp. And I, and I thought, and I wasn't 100% sure, but it kind of seemed like to me, he. I think he's, Schefter reported that he was clean. It's not like this was a, a setback and he had, had to go back to rehab. It just was him right. going, I'm not, I, I was broken and I'm not 100% fixed yet. 
and I'm trying to still work on myself. And right now yeah. being in front of a million HBO cameras all the time might not be the best thing for yeah. me. Well, and also, you know, fighting for your job while you're recently recovered. I mean, it's just it. the NFL is a high stress place and uh, somebody's addict that's addicted is going to look for an excuse to pop back into it. And so, you know, it's great that he had the the strength to say, I need to take some time and that his the company he works for said, we're with you. I just I think that's great. I'm I'm with you. I, that's great. I really hope for Josh Gordon as a not I, mean, I want to see him on the football field again, because my God, he was amazing that year. Right. That The one year he played full yeah. a full year. Mm-hmm. But I just yeah. want to see the guy get his life back together. It sounds like yeah. on a human level, it was screwed yeah, up. The, yeah. I mean, I just want to see him get and it is cool to see an yeah. organization not just say which the only reason probably the only reason they didn't cut him is because how talented he is. But it is cool to say, hey, let's let's try to make you better. And then then maybe we'll get we'll work on football. But let's get you better first. And that is cool. I'm with you. Dad, what do you got for your best of the week? It's golf again. Well, my best, gosh, I I, I don't want to break my string. So <laughs> night golf. Um, I don't know if you've ever played night golf. It, it, so I mean, like a, like a broken though. record. So like, LJ. <laughs> Whatever, Ding, dude. Week so eight. You get these. <laughs> we need to just. We need to have a drop. I, w- I want to have a drop, get- and it's just every time LJ mention or every time Dad mentions golf, it just like, ding, and it's just. <laughs> okay, are you done? All right, I'm, are you done? I'm sorry, Dad. I'm sorry, pops. What What were you saying? Uh, let's let you get to your best. I mean, can I not talk about whatever I want to talk yeah, about? Yeah, no, yeah. I mean, this is your platform to talk time. about golf anytime you want. Yeah, but it's also our platform to <laughs> so, to. Give you give you crap. So you get these glow in the dark green balls, and it's just so cool to see them flying across the golf course in complete darkness. It's 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 and and of course there's a lot of adult beverages being consumed and music playing, and you're chilling out. It's just it's a lot of fun. And uh, so night golf, if you've never done it, you got wearing glow sticks around your, you know, your neck and, you know, if you have them on your golf cart, it's, it's fun. Would you call them glow in the dark balls? If they, they're kind of light up balls, don't they, don't they light up? Isn't there a light inside of them? Uh, they're kind of like that stuff. You have to bust it. You know, you have to hit them to activate them. So you kind of knock them on the ground yeah. and that activates them. And it's like those glow in the dark sticks. You have to kind of crack a little bit and then they glow. Yeah. So they're, they're like that. I think they're more glowing. There's a chemical reaction. I think that makes them do it. Okay. I think semantically anything that glows while it's dark well, I thought, in the dark. Yeah, I thought that as I was mentioning, I was like, technically it is, even if it is a light, it's glowing in the yeah. dark. So. Like my lamp is a glow in the well, dark lamp. I, okay, but. I mean, <laughs> I think technically <laughs> I yes. don't think there is a bulb in the balls, though. I think it's a chemical reaction that's occurring is what I believe it is. But so night golf, yeah, that's that's a big winner. You would suggest golf, that to anybody. If you've never done it. It was cool. If you've never done it, try it. It's, yeah. very, it's, a very, it's a cool experience. There is a place that I drive by that has night golf that I've, you know. Mm-hmm. It was a really cool event I, uh, like w- that they put on, and it was fun. I had a great time. I will say, Tammy brought this up, LJ, and I went, and I thought you might find this funny. Think about the the random squirrel in the tree over there at night sleeping at ten thirty, <laughs> and all of a sudden this green shining ball. They have no idea what it is because flying into the trees. I mean, they, they just think this has got to be the end, right? I mean, <laughs> the text UFO. predicted this day would come. <laughs> All right, well, so now let's go on to to our worst. Uh, 
uh, LJ, what, well, I'll go ahead and let I'll get let you go. What do you got for the worst? Uh, I mean, week? traffic. I'm just sick and tired of traffic. Like uh, this week, I've had to drive out to Arlington Heights, which is like a good 50 minute drive away from me. But I've also had to drop Hannah off at work, which is also about a half an hour away. And then I have to come home. And so, like, just driving around with terrible drivers, like this one taxi driver decided to pull out. I had nobody behind me, and I was going down the road at I think like 45 miles an hour. And this taxi driver pulls out right in front of me and then turns into the next parking lot. Like they could have waited 10 seconds longer, but instead I had to drop down to 20 miles an hour on a 45 mile an hour road. And it wasn't like I wasn't late or anything. It was just like, I don't know. I'm tired of driving. I hate doing it. I'd rather just take a train everywhere. Man, I'm, I was dry. I was just driving back up to Fort Smith and I was on, you know, I got on some two lane highway at times and it just, I know we've had this whole conversation before and so it's not worth bringing up fully, but God, it's so annoying when people are in the left lane, not yeah. passing, just sitting in the left lane. Golly, I don't know why that bothers me I so do, though. Much. I think shouldn't. I liked driving a lot more when I lived down there. Like, I think I might be being jaded by it because I used to just like, it was a good excuse for me to listen to explosions in the sky or something like that. Mm-hmm. And now it just feels yeah. like this exercise in anger that I have to get through throughout my day. And maybe that's just me uh, getting older and not having as much fun with driving anymore. It's not as exciting. I don't know, maybe, but. You know, I was just thinking, we've talked about, uh, autonomous cars a couple yeah. times on the podcast in previous episodes if we were using autonomous cars one i guess you would you wouldn't have to worry about a driver sitting in the left lane because the car would know automatically to get over to they the right communicate passing, and you would also know if now's a good time to cross into the oncoming lane too but yeah. my question is do would would you car speed like would if they make autonomous cars where they just make it to where if it knows it's 65 it goes 65 no faster no slower i think, so. I think yeah. that's the case now i think the question that we'd have to ask ourselves like the 10 years following the rise of autonomous cars is why the speed limits exist um, and if it's for, you know, human reaction times, like I assume it is, then, you know, we could probably then it's not at the very for... least, like raise them up to a non-arbitrary number. But then I think I know that some speed limits are set at a certain, you know, mileage because on a lot of cars that gets good gas mileage. So like, or at least that's what they mm-hmm. push through the legislation. So you can uh, be as efficient driving as fast as you can or whatever. So it just depends on, you know, what the reason for speed limits are. And if it's for safety, then if it's just a driverless road altogether, then who cares what the speed limit is? Um, but if it's for the environment, yeah. then I can totally see, you know, we finding the yeah. optimal number. The most efficient thing yeah. you know, to, to drive an engine at. Dad, so. what, do you, what do you got for what, what do you got for your worst this week? Dad? Well, my, I, my worst was it was hot this weekend. And what I mean, was it? it was one of those week. It was one of those days that couldn't day golf. Well, yeah. <laughs> you, well, and, and but we date what you do. Here's how night golf goes is you start playing about 530. You do nine holes. You stop and have a burger and and a beverage and then you go play nine holes after dark so that's how we do it but it was so hot and it was so humid and it did make me do a little study i'm gonna tell you about in a minute on relative humidity and dew point but it was so hot and humid that i'm telling you for like 12 hours you're just sweating yeah just sweaty nasty grimy filthy yeah. it was probably 12 30 in the morning when i finally got to take a shower but I don't care how tired you are after a day like that. You take a shower yeah. before you go to bed or you get in the bed all grimy. Yeah. It's just nasty. Yeah. But what I found out was so. Oh, the, dad's about to learn us. I'm, I'm fixing to do a little uh, learn. I'm going to learn you boys. Let's do it. <laughs> humidity yes, is given in relative humidity. So so relative humidity is the humidity that it is relative to uh, the humidity it could be. But basically the humidity that it could be is the dew point. The dew point 
and this is my understanding, is that what temperature would dew form or would condensation form on grass petals or, or you know, a, a, what do you, you don't call a grass a petal. What do you call it? A grass blade, a, a blade of grass, right? Or your window or whatever. So the what, what when it's really humid and oppressively humid is when the dew point, the point at which droplets of water will condense and form on a blade of grass, et cetera, is close to the temperature of the air. That's when it's that's when the the air is that you can wear. You'll hear them say air you can wear. It's just so thick you could slice through it. Real heavy, thick air. The so, humidity is so thick that it could form droplets of water on the buildings or grass or flowers or whatever. So, so if the dew, dew point, point if like uh if the dew point is sixty degrees and it's sixty five degrees outside, then that would be a really high humidity day. It, it would be a high humidity off. day and it might be a day still, even then although 65 is a relatively comfortable temperature, you might go outside and you'd realize you would sweat more because that sweat can't dry. It's not going to evaporate because there's so much moisture in the air. But when it's really bad is when, say, it's 90 degrees and the dew point is 79 degrees. Um, actually, the difference in the temperature and the dew point is better. You want there to be more variance in the temperature right. that the ambient right. areas and the dew point. But so say it's 80 degrees and the dew point's 80 degrees. That's miserable. That's okay. that's when it's really hot and oppressive is when the dew well, point okay. is closer to the temperature. So then that might be why Chicago feels like it's breaking me some summer days. Um, like maybe it's just something like that because it does feel like the temperature, the humidity will be X. Um, I don't even really keep up with humidity numbers because I just know that humidity sucks and that's enough information for me. <laughs> but uh, I'll look at the temperature and it'll be like, you know, 90 degrees and I'll just feel miserable. Mm -hmm. But I think back to like living in Fort Smith, driving in a car with no air conditioner all day, delivering hot pizzas in the passenger seat. And, uh, and you know, it's 110 degrees outside and not feel like it was hot, but like it was bearable. Um, whereas like, you know, sometimes here, 95 degrees is enough to just like make me sit down for the rest of the day after being outside for an hour. So I, I wonder if maybe it has something to do with a closer dew point on those days, or maybe it's just, I'm turning into a wuss. Well, possibly. I don't think you turn it into a wuss. <laughs> I think from my very limited research into this, I would say that the dew point is close to the ambient air temperature on those days, but I'm going to do a little more research and I'll put, I'll put something I'll send to you guys. So we put it in show notes about dew point and relative humidity. Cause I think it's interesting. I know. And, so does and, the dew point have to do with how much liquid is in the air? Like it, how does that, I, the dew point, as I understand the, show, the dew but, point is defined as the point where the moisture will fall yeah. out of the air. It's so, okay. it, it, if the temperature gets to this point, the water droplets, the, they will condensate. So the, the moisture that is in the air will actually manifest itself on a, a physical piece of something. So what I've learned in the last five minutes is I, I want to get a book on like hydrophysics or something like I'm, that seems, I, I want to know how that I know, works. I know to go with what, with what LJ was saying about like the difference in the temperature might be the same, but it just felt hotter at times. I know when I went to Colorado or California one time, it was like, they were all telling me, oh my goodness, it's going to be 107 degrees the weekend we're there. So it's going to be really hot, but it was just a different, the 95 degrees that was in Texarkana was uh, unbearably hot. But then that 100 degrees air just wasn't too bad. It was, the air was different or something. It wasn't near as uh, unbearable were, uh, as it was dry. Yeah. They were talking. Okay. So I think part of it too is like in the South, you guys are like constantly, you like you have an awful summer every year. So you have solid air conditioning everywhere you go and it's already on by the time, you know, uh, even the late fall months come around, you're kicking that air conditioner mm -hmm. on. 
So like you get relief from that. Like I was listening to a podcast. They were talking about the the temperature in England and every year they're like, oh man, this, this week has just been, or this, these three months have just been unbearably hot this year. We've had the worst hot streak ever. And you know, this guy who's from America says, no, this is summer. This is just the way that it works. But, uh, since they kind of pretend like summer doesn't exist for them, they don't have the same amenities that he's used to in South Carolina. So like they're, you know, 89 degree summers are a lot less bearable for him because, you know, the only place he gets relief is like in his car. He goes into a shop, no air conditioning. He goes into a friend's house, no air conditioning. And so like he never can find relief. And so maybe that's something about it too, is we're just, you guys are primed and ready to put that, that thermostat at 70 degrees or 71 degrees or whatever, and just let it sit there all summer long. Well, and think about it a minute. Have you ever noticed what an air conditioner does? I mean, literally it pulls humidity out of the air. I mean, you look at your car, you know, there's water dripping on your car. You always have to have a condensate line on your air conditioner. It's literally pulling humidity out of the air, which makes it feel cooler. So, you know, yeah. um, dad, to change subjects a little, but kind of you were talking about mm-hmm. golf and stuff. And I, I thought about almost was my. No, me. Yeah, no. Dad crazy. talking about golf this week? I was going to bring up. Do you, do you know uh, who Andrew Johnson is? Andrew Beef Johnston, who's on the tour. He's a pro PGA player. Guess well, no, I'm sorry. Not only no. not only does he have the the best nickname, his nickname is Beef, and with Beef. with that with, awesome. that, that's a great golfer. With that being his nickname, he's also I'm pretty sure he's sponsored by Arby's, and he he's he's also he's the man nice. that carried a bacon and cheddar towel while he was at the U.S. Open. It was like a Arby's <laughs> thing, and his towel was a bacon and cheddar sign. I'm guessing he's a portly fellow, he's, or he's, is he like real slim uh, vegetarian? He's not like huge, but he, he's there. He's a little round, and he has an awesome beard. But what I was going to mention is uh, this weekend he was hitting out of the hazard at Nordia Masters. I don't really know where that is, but he got some mud on his pants and he needed to change pants. And his caddy just right there in front of God and everybody, his caddy handed him another pair of pants and he just dropped trout and put on his new pair of pants and just got down in his in his skimpies and changed in front of everybody. It was just hilarious. And like the gallery loved it. They started going crazy for him. I just thought it was funny. Yeah. Was uh, funny. Yeah. I'm looking at a picture of him. He he's a touch portly. Got that big old beard. Yeah. He's an interesting looking dude. I'll put I'll put the video in the show notes, Andrew but it was Keith just Johnston. Yeah, he's just he seems like a cool, a cool guy. I, I think he's funny. But uh I'll go on to so what I want to do for my worst of this week is uh I don't I haven't watched much Big Three. I know y'all don't probably keep up with much Big Three either, but Steven Jackson, the old, the player he used to play no. for the Warriors a few years for a little while, Spurs at times. He works at ESPN. He uh, right, right, right. He was at like a press conference and someone apparently so Kobe's been doing a lot of uh like this offseason, he's been working with Jason Tatum and other young players and putting then there's some videos that come out and players. Some people have speculated that man, it doesn't seem like Kobe's completely like done with basketball. He seems like he kind of wants to be in it. Would there be any way Kobe would make a comeback? And Kobe has completely shut that down. But Ice Cube's been working to get Kobe to come to the big three because obviously that'd be a huge. I'd probably watch if Kobe Bryant's in there. But so yeah. some player or some uh, media member at a press conference asked Stephen Jackson said, "Do you think?" Kobe Bryant at 39 could play in the big three with the physicality and the way things are played. And this was, this was Steven Jackson's answer. I'll just let y'all hear it. This guy from Let's Get In Sports asked Steven Jackson, can Kobe Bryant play in the three on three and a half and handle the physicality? That question was rhetorical. Okay. I can't spell rhetorical, but I know what it means. That question was rhetorical. Kobe can play in any league, any league right now. Kobe. So, 
I just, and I thought that was that was after he got up and was about to just walk off, but he just had to make a response. It just he was like Kobe, can Kobe Bryant? Yeah. And, and then the guy tried to That's save face, but you just of course they're all at least thirty nine or over, and you're going to say can Kobe play in here when Kobe dropped fifty points in his last regular season game two years ago in the actual NBA, not the big three. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. so I, that's crazy. That's what Kobe I put in my works. I thought, yeah, no, no shit. Kobe can play in the, in the, in the league, but all right, LJ, I wanted to get on to, well, I'll save, I'll save the John Gruden thing for a second, but um, I wanted to get on to <laughs> a little, a little football talk. And I know, I don't know if you've watched all of this season, LJ, we've mentioned some of it, but I know we've, I, I'm a huge fan of the hard knocks that HBO does. I know dad uh, yeah, is I'm a big fan it, of it. They're yeah. just HBO mm-hmm. does a great job mm-hmm. of it. I, hell, I like the the all or nothing of the Cowboys. I like the last chance you. It's cool to see the inside of a locker Behind room. The and kind of see, yeah, yeah, that that's always super fun to me. But I was thinking about this the other day, and it was mainly I started thinking about it because on Last Chance You, I was watching that, and the the first one, and then this one both make me think, boy, this coach, why he's not terrible, seems like. All I'm getting is that he's just can't keep a locker room together. These guys are just button heads, and I don't even know how much football he really knows. He just is convincing these guys to come play. And then I watched the Browns one, and Hugh Jackson just for for what for all it's worth, and I feel like everyone that I've talked to says the exact. If I say what's your what's your thought about Hard Knocks, they go initial thought. Hugh Jackson, what the hell is he doing? I mean, he I bet he's a really smart guy and a good offensive coordinator, but it just doesn't seem like he knows what the hell he's doing. And so my thing was, I want these shows to keep being made. I think they're great, but it seems like the only thing that can come from hard knocks is not a lot of good. It seems like more trouble comes with it than good. I don't know why you'd want to do it. What's y'all's thoughts well, on that? I mean, I, I think part part of what happens is the restrictions of who can actually be on Hard Knocks kind of limits it to not very good teams. So mm-hmm. uh, the chances of you having, you know, Bill Belichick on Hard Knocks is just not going to happen. Never. Um, he would never. He would never do it. But also, yeah, no. I don't think HBO would allow it or the NFL wouldn't allow HBO to do it, I think, is the way that it works. Because there's like there's a very strict set of like they have to uh, have not won their division, I think. Um, there's like a strict set of rules of how they pick the team teams because you can tell like at the end of the season who's likely to be asked to be on hard knocks next year out of like a list of seven teams or something like that but also you know it's reality tv so the editor is going to find a way to make it the most interesting talking points possible and so them finding a way for you to say whether or not it's true for you to talk about him Hugh, hugh jackson and saying how uh how he doesn't seem like the smartest guy is now going to make me want to see it to see what you're talking about. So it's, you know, that's just what they're shooting for, whether like just cut out all the smart things he says or whatever. Well, and to, I think to, to piggyback on that LJ, uh, Tammy is, is kind of yeah. into it. Tammy, it's brought Tammy interested in the NFL. Now she's not going to be interested. She'll be interested in the first couple of weeks and then she'll be like tired of it. But, you know, I, but still it's got her interested and she's the one brought, she goes, man, he doesn't seem like much of a leader to me. So it's, it's brought that audience. And I would also suggest that Rex Ryan, I mean, it made Rex Ryan a personality. Somewhat he of a became a personality. Name. He made him a personality. It's probably still related to the job he's got at ESPN because he was such a personality. It was apparent. And I love that was the best hard knock season ever, Rex Ryan and the New York Jets. Uh, and so I love and it. I get so on the last chance you stuff, I get what that does for like a little junior college like that. I bet their turnout for their games this year at that yeah. independent the new one at the independent school. I yeah. bet they're gonna the stands if they weren't already pretty packed, they're gonna be packed because now you you followed these kids around. You've seen these yeah. kids for a year. You know the coach, but 
Yeah. Watching that, I just go, this coach, like at one point the coach says he doesn't watch film and it looks like he's just running. I mean, excuse my language, the only way I can think of it, it looks like a shit show. I don't, he got, he has this talent, but it just looks like he doesn't care what they do as long as they can run fast. And it just, I don't know. To me, it seems like more bad comes from good. And I've heard players talk about, I heard Jared Goff talk about, I think he was on a podcast I was listening to. I can't remember what it was, but it might've been on Pardon My Take, but he came on and was, they, they asked him about hard knocks and he was like, man, that sucks. Having those cameras everywhere all the time. Like yeah. it is so nice not having, like he was like, I feel, I love watching it. Like it's cool this year, but I feel bad for Baker Mayfield and the Browns. Like it, it's annoying having those cameras everywhere. I just, yeah. it, and in football, like you hear Bill Belichick and all of the coaches, all the talks, like keep out the distractions, keep out the distractions. And all hard knocks is, is cameras everywhere distracting it's you. You know, it's yeah. a huge distraction. I mean, I can't imagine a team or a coach that would want to, that would welcome that distraction. I think that's, that's mm. probably a sign of a bad coach or a coach that doesn't have enough power power to turn that down like the owner has more power because i i could see why an owner would take that offer i could see why jerry jones wants all or nothing made but i can't see why jason yeah. would want it and so that kind of shows you right, who really exactly. has power in that conversation because that too on that show too i was i left going now jason garrett is kind of what i thought he was i was mm-hmm. like denny green rest in peace but i was like yeah. he is who we thought he was <laughs> but so speaking of uh causing distractions I'm sure you've seen it by now, but uh, Jalen Ramsey made a little bit of some, a few waves on the. Apparently, now he's a quarterback scout, and recently for a GQ article, they asked him about different quarterbacks, and I'll just run through a few things. It was almost like they were doing word association, and he had like these like two to like three to yeah. five word sentences that he would put out for each one. Yeah, and they were like Eli Manning, and he said, "I won't say he's good. Odell's good." And then I said, Josh Allen. And he said, I think Josh Allen is trash. That was a dumb pick. I don't care what nobody says. He's trash. It'll show. And then like Stafford, he said he's straight. Matt Ryan. So they asked him about Matt Ryan. And he said, who? Like he doesn't know. Give give me a damn break. He was the MVP two years ago. Now you're just trolling. And he did say that he thinks Deshaun Watson uh, will be an MVP in a few years. He said Mariota's good. He said Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady. Here's what he said about them. He said he doesn't suck. That's what he said about both of them. I think there's you could say a little more about it, but it, I was going to ask y'all. So one, well, if if you're the Jaguars, do you like this? Do you is it you like the guy being this way, or what? What are your thoughts on it? Who are you on the Jaguars? Are you asking as a coach or as a front office somebody? Just uh, well, probably coach. You definitely don't like it. as a coach. Yeah, not. it's like why? Why are you just starting shit? Yeah. Don't give him. Yeah. Don't feed the fire, especially yeah. Tom Brady. But uh, but anybody really, like just just play your football. But if you're if you're selling tickets, man, or if you're in advertising or something like that, like you, I'm I'm gonna see how he does against these quarterbacks. I'm definitely gonna pay more attention. Right. Mm-hmm. I think that there so are a lot a of teammates. So you're a teammate. Do you like it? Oh, I want a teammate. Kind of him being as who Ramsey is. And, you know. Yeah, I want that. I want that as a teammate. I think as a coach, I think I don't. But as a teammate, I think I do because that's so not me. Well. I mean, I'd be like, I'd be like, back it up, brother. Say whatever you want to say, but back it up. Well, what, and what, what I think it does though is like, so say, I mean, I don't know how the season rolls around, but say they're playing the, or say they're playing the Bills in week 14. The Bills are, because they're the Bills, they're like three and 11 <laughs> or something out of contention. Sure. But, but you have Josh Allen in there and maybe Josh Allen and that teammate there. Yeah. Yeah. True. <laughs> they, uh, they are all they've become like close with Josh Allen and they really like him. They're teammates, but so they really have nothing to play for. And you might would have mailed it in, but now you're like, oh hell, we got Jalen Ramsey and the Jaguars. Let's go win this for our boy Josh Allen. And now they're just playing harder when you might could have got it just why put that target on your team's back? 
if it doesn't have to be there, you know, just I mean, beat him. Because we're talking about Jalen Ramsey right now. That's why you do it. Now everybody knows who he is. He was just kind of on the periphery, and now he's he's out there. So if he backs it up, he's really going to make a name for himself. Maybe he becomes the next Darrell Rivas. Think, I think another thing, too, is I think the reason trash talk works is because when somebody is full tilt, I need to take this guy out, you tend to make less you, – you tend to think less and make more mistakes. And so, you know, the great ones are the ones that can just tune out the trash talk or use the trash talk, but most of them overuse it and get they get overhyped for it and they overextend on plays where they shouldn't and maybe take a shot to the ribs that they shouldn't have had taken in the middle of the second quarter just to show Jalen Ramsey what's what or whatever. And so, I mean, trash talk works for a reason and a weaker mm-hmm. team will be embarrassed if they don't take heed to that, I think. It seems well, it seems like and for the most part, people people love it. Like other like fans, not necessarily even Jaguar fans, just NFL fans are like, Oh, I love Jalen Ramsey. He just he actually speaks what he how he feels and doesn't give us the the BS answers and stuff, which I get, but didn't Richard Sherman do the same thing and we hated it? I was just thinking that. Well, I but I didn't. I think I think it just I think it depends on who has the I think fans love it. I think uh, analysts hate it. And I think back when Richard Sherman was doing his thing, uh, the more vocal presence in a fan's life was ESPN. And now I think a more vocal presence in a fan's life is, you know, Internet forums or uh, journalists on the Internet. And so people that are more just fans of the game and don't mind, like, I think an analyst wants the game to look pristine. You know, they want it to be physical chess. You know, they want it to be this really uh, special game. And I think a fan just wants it to be, you know, a sport. They want it to be fun and exciting and um, jocular and whatnot. So I think that has a lot more to do. I think the people that liked this probably also liked Sherman back in the day would be my guess. But we just didn't hear as much from him. So did did Richard Sherman kind of pave the way for Jalen Ramsey to be Jalen Ramsey? Uh, I mean, I think get us. I mean, Deion Sanders paved the way for him. This is true. Cocky corners is a tradition that goes back as long as cocky wide receivers. They kind of have to balance each other out. Yeah, my I guess my first thought was I remember when uh, Chad. It was before he was the the artist formerly known as Chad Johnson. Was (laughs) he had he had the list of the corners that he was going to burn, and he would like he put D'Angelo Hall, and then after the game, he he had like good stats. He would like show the reporters his list and mark off D'Angelo's Hall name. (laughs) So it was cool stuff, and Deion. Sanders kind of had that, like the receivers he's going to shut down. And it is mm-hmm. cool. I just, I don't know. Why Why do you have to make them, they already want to beat you bad enough. Why do you have to give them more of a reason to want to beat yeah, your Yeah, but ass? sometimes but, an angry player is a stupid player, you know? And sometimes maybe Jalen Ramsey thrives off that. Like he needs to have a reason to go to work. Because now he's going to go, every time he's playing, if he plays the Bills, he has to shut him down because he can't look dumb. And maybe he needs that. It's almost like an extra motivation to himself to go, you better, you're going to look like an idiot if yeah, you get burned yeah. here because you're the one that was talking all that shit. Well, so I mean, I also think though, uh, like who was the guy? It's been, I'm, my brain's dumb, but who was the guy that uh, Odell Beckham Jr. speared in the head and they both got kicked out of Josh the game? Norman? Yeah. So, Josh Norman. okay. So, yeah, Norman. one of the things that I always think about when I think about that series of, you know, plays or whatever is Josh Norman did his job perfectly because his best case scenario is Odell Beckham doesn't catch another pass that game and doesn't matter if he misses the rest of the game too you know it's so it is successful to piss off the wide receiver to the point that they start doing stupid and he almost got Odell Beckham not only did he get him out of the game by just mentally he didn't seem like he was into it he's more worried about Josh Norman but he also almost got Odell Beckham kicked out of the game like well they know so they did didn't they didn't they kick no they somehow let I think they did No, they somehow let them play and I ended up losing my fantasy football playoff game because Odell Beckham caught a touchdown in the fourth quarter or something no I think 
Uh, got, well, but the first time, I think that I think that they've uh, I think they did get kicked out of the game. I thought the they, first they ejected him. We, we may uh, have to revisit it, but but I, I I thought he played the whole game. And maybe got suspended the next game for like week seventeen. And um, which either way, didn't matter because I was already I already lost the championship or playoff game. So I mean, you think, I about, Roger you think about Roger Goodell's not worried about my Crabtree fantasy. Is an example. Talib and Crabtree is two people that got taken out of a game because they got into a fight. And in a sense, that means that Talib did his job perfectly because, you know, then you have your third guy against the Oakland third guy and you hope that you win that matchup. Yeah. And I guess it, it's a way of like to, to piggyback on what you said. It's, it's just like getting in their head. Now, I, now I'm more worried about beating Jalen Ramsey instead of beating the Jaguars. Yeah. And it's a team game at the end of the day. It's not yeah. about you. So I get yeah. you. I will. Um, to I'll, I'll tell you, since speaking of receivers and corners and stuff, I, I was ta- I was reading an article about apparently. So you know the Raiders traded for Martavis Bryant, who used to be the Steelers' wide receiver. He's been in a few, little bit of trouble, but recently he's been missing some practice because he's had some migraine issues. And so a uh, a reporter asked John Gruden after like practice one day. He said he wanted to know like, hey, do y'all have a handle on Martavis Bryant and that uh and those migraine issues? And he compared. Martavis Bryant to a white tiger. And the reporter was like, huh? He was like, you probably don't get that. So he he said he would give a, he responded by saying, here's how I explained. He said, I don't know. I really don't. We're calling Martavis the white tiger. I used to go to Bush Gardens in Tampa. We called uh, Joey, Gar- Joey Galloway the white tiger in Tampa. When you go to Bush Garden and they've got a white tiger, you go 12 or 13 times and the tiger's in his cage. But that, that white tiger came out today. Bryant came out. I don't know if you get that analogy, but sometimes you just got a white tiger. So we call Martavis the white tiger. It's late in the day. I got to go. That was all. I, I, Gruden is just, I, and then I, I can't do the, the Gruden voice like, uh, you know, yeah, you know, man, I don't, I don't, you know, I can't do the Gruden thing, but I can just imagine him. And I, what in the hell is Gruden's crazy? I think I just think there's he's crazy. something in his head that doesn't connect proper. I think I just, I, I guess don't know. I, you know, I'm rooting for Gruden to last forever. You know what that reminds me of? One of my favorite coaches, and I would even call him a philosopher of all time, Herm Edwards. You know what he said? The best ability is availability. <laughs> Yes, I mean, and it is. I mean, the best ability is a play. Ain't no good. Herm Edwards. So migraine, whatever. <laughs> you know, Herm Edwards. So I wanted to ask you guys, and I and I, I preface this to you a few weeks ago, and I kind of want to see where you're at. So you can have a pet, and it can be of any animal, but it's going to be in puppy size and remain in puppy size. But it's going to have a normal life. Like, it'll be like your whatever for 10, 13, I don't know, however long animals live, this animal lives. But what would you what would you choose? I think I know my answer, but what would you choose? Pops, I'll start with a, you. I, well, I want to ask a, a question for clarification. Um, and hell, it could be a puppy. If you just want a puppy, it could be a puppy, whatever. You but, just, but, and maybe that would be the answer. But I'm saying, is it not going to be potty trained forever? You know, is it going to have the same kind of crapping inside like a well i mean you're gonna have to teach yeah you i I haven't really thought about that yeah that's a fair question but you'll probably teach it just like you do like with your dog or something you have to teach it to kind of so it's going to physically look like a puppy state if you will or maybe maybe still have the sparkle like we're this is an idyllic magic version right so it's still got the puppy sparkle in their eye but like the maturity and intelligence of an adult animal I okay. think it's kind of the ideals that like what we're thinking, right? Kevin? Yeah, I think so. When I, so part of my answer is also going to end up being that I'm trying to take into consideration like the intelligence level of uh, that I've read about this animal. So I think it'd just be cool sure. to have this as a pet. But 
Sure. So with with so we'll say yes. It it you may still have to kind of teach it potty training. It might it might crap on the carpet the first couple you know leaks or something, but you can. teach But it will it. be able to be potty yeah. trained. Yes, and it, it will, will be okay. It'll just look youthful and yeah. puppyish, or it, yes. And I know we're using that as an overall term, but um, wow, what animal? I really did look at a lot. I looked at some animals to look, and you know, pot bellied pig has some interest <laughs> to me. Um, I will say that. Yeah, but that's fair. I honestly think I'm sticking with a puppy, uh, like a dog. Really? I love dogs. Yeah. I just, I just really, I'm a dog person through and through. Yeah. I think we, we are, uh, our people are, yeah. we, we dog people, yeah. but we dog so, people. So I'm going to stick with that. And, uh, but I'd love to hear. Well, and I mean, is particularly that, because you have one, Kev, but. Uh, and that may be in lieu a little one. bit because I know what mean. We just spent a weekend up at the river and, uh, your dog, buddy, I, it's, it's nice to be able to just, you can let buddy out and hang out with us on the back porch. And he, I, I know you weren't always this way. I think he's kind of gotten better about it, but now he just hangs out with you. You mm-hmm. just got, you're coming off a good weekend where buddy's just been a good river dog and hanging out with y'all and still being able to be free and not having to completely tend to him. I mean, just as an example of that real quick is, so LJ, you don't know this, but so we went on the golf course about probably what midnight or, well, it's probably a little earlier than that, maybe 11, just to look at the stars. Cause there's kind of, you can find a dark area on the golf course at Little River, which I know y'all have heard us talk about. This is kind of a redneck Riviera, you know, not a super nice, but nice enough. And so, uh, but Buddy just stayed right there with us. I mean, he's kind of dark. I mean, he's a dark complected dog, if you will. <laughs> you know, he's kind of darkish. And um, so easily, easily not seen at night. And uh, But he stayed right with us. And he was just a great dog this week. Pretty good dog. So anyway, I'm going to stick with the dog. LJ, what, what do you got? All right. So um, I'm not sure I, I, uh, I if we're talking about like actual like small puppy sized, even though this creature might be bigger, I think I'd go with like a hippo just because I think that'd be fun to have like just like the <laughs> smallest little hippo that's ever existed. Okay. Um, <laughs> and it would outswim Michael, Michael Phelps, by the way. Wait a minute. I think we talked about that, but I don't know. If we, we talked agreed. about this is a throwback to an old episode and uh, leave this in the episode. But just as clarification on that, uh, it turns out hippos don't actually swim faster than people, but they walk underwater much faster than people can swim. So swimming's the wrong word. But anyway, uh, I think I think having a little hippo might be kind of dope. But uh, but also, I mean, it's hard to hard to not want a, a puppy like puppies are just legit. I haven't even had a puppy in a long time. I always end up with But that's because you haven't had a pet hippo, a pet hippo or a little puppy hippo might be just the cutest damn thing ever. Well, one thing I can tell you is I have had so like one exotic pet that always looks fun is a hedgehog and that little thing <laughs> it doesn't even matter like it's behind me right now it has not acknowledged my existence since i've been in here it's happier when i'm out of here it uh just eats and poops in its little room and like tries to hide from me when we take it out so um it's not like a dog's a good pet because they get us and they love us and they know us and they understand us and a hippo probably would not have all of the compatibility that a dog does so you know having like i think like a like a St. Bernard puppy or something like a generally big dog puppy yeah. is kind of the target I'd go. I don't for. know. Now you made me think, what or about like an baby elephant, yeah. like a baby elephant? I mean, elephants are cool. There and it is. Smart. That is that's my answer. Yeah. Well, go ahead. Do you know more? Cause I mean, they're smart. Right? Elephants are really bright. Aren't they? And elephants are smart. Yeah. They're like super smart. Apparently uh, elephants are kind of, I think they, they have like the same caring like that humans do. And they, I don't know. They have like a compassionate side to them. And I just think 
one, a huge hippo down into puppy size would be just the cutest thing ever. And then I don't know, it would just be so cool to have a little, little puppy, puppy elephant. Well, okay. So let me, let me throw something out uh, that I know about elephants that might, that might change your mind. Um, okay. Ele- have a backup too. Baby elephants, uh, live off of their, their parents shit. So basically what you would have to feed it is pre-digested elephant food. Um, to yeah. keep your baby well, alive. But so this is our this is our hypothetical world. So it's not like it's a puppy, but it ends up being you know whatever many years old. So maybe it doesn't always have to. Maybe I have to like get it off the diet. I mean, well, so so the problem with elephants is like the the diet that they have. They don't digest very well, so they generally kind of go through it a second time uh, to get the rest of the nutrients out of it. So maybe you know if we had them as pets, we would have figured out you know the elephant food that they eat or something like that, and it would have been a lot better. So yeah, in this idealic world, maybe that's not such a big flaw. It would be adorable though. Is there I, is there, no, is there other reasons, or is that just is that the main reason that I'm? That's might the have one to feed I can come up with off the top of my head. The, like I, just off will, the dome. Hannah so. and I will just watch baby elephant gifs all the time because you know they're just hard not to love. They're just adorable. They're kind of dumb, but like obviously smart. They're just fun to watch. <laughs> but like they uh, they have like they're they're they they have like apparently really long memories, so they can like yeah. keep up with like they they know you're human and stuff. Yeah. They know you and they'll get to know you. And then they like they definitely studies have been talked about how they show signs of empathy and apparently they yeah. even like I was reading something about how apparently elephants like mourn their dead like humans yeah. do. Like yeah. yeah, you know they don't they don't just forget about. Oh, like it's they're sad for a few weeks. Like they really mourn their dead for a long time because they there's just something in their brain. They just have really sophisticated brains. So I think it could be make for a cool pet. But my one B would be a little little puppy sized giraffe. I think that would be awesome oh, too. That would be cute. Just <laughs> I don't like, know how wait, good of a pet it would be. They were going to be. I thought you'd still if you got an elephant, he'd be the puppy size of an elephant, not like a puppy, but like. A baby elephant size. No, no I'm so saying, saying like the size of Max or the size of Buddy, you know, buddy. like a little bitty dog, and, oh, but it's okay. an elephant size or it's an elephant okay. in the size Look, of Buddy. Okay. Does that change your okay, answer, maybe Dad? Maybe I misunderstood. Like my well, elephant's no, lying I mean, on the couch with me while yeah. I'm watching Monday Night Football or something. Well, yeah, Buddy's just chilling back here listening. That's why I just, I mean, I love a little Buddy. Yeah, back but what here. about He's like a little there. tiny lion with a little tiny mane, you know, like. Well, that'd be <laughs> cool too. Like a little bitty Simba. Yeah, <laughs> but like a little bitty full-grown Simba, like just a miniature Simba. You know, speaking speaking of, you, you brought up hippos, and I saw this video, and I can post it in the show notes for later if someone wants to see. But so this guy, and he, he could he could easily have been my worst for this week, but this guy apparently in California went in, and he was at a zoo, which one, zoos are just cool. I know you you enjoy the zoo, LJ. We've been when we went to Chicago. and uh, But this guy was at the zoo, and he was checking out the – the hippos and it caught on camera. He jumped over the thing, slapped the hippo on the ass and ran off. <laughs> and one, why, why go to the zoo and enjoy the animals? Don't bother them and, and like screw with them. So that pissed me off just that. But also that is hella stupid. Like, yeah. like hippos are dangerous, dangerous yeah. animals yeah. and they're very territorial. And apparently they kill in Africa. A hippo kills more humans than like lions snakes oh yeah and alligators uh, we've got like they're we very watch, uh, deadly animals we we watch jaws and freak out like the the scarier movie that would be more accurate to real life would be you know whatever the jaws version of hippos is i guess still jaws but <laughs> <laughs> um yeah no those are horrifying creatures they're like because they're like what 600 pounds or something yeah and, they seem oh, like kinda, bigger than that they're kind of cute big. and fat they're almost so fat they're cute but really they're monstrous and fast i mean i think they can scary. run like 
30 miles an hour or something ridiculous, <laughs> like uh, run faster than wind blows. It's re- it like, and so that charging at you at that size, oh God, I would never slap that thing. I would never try to startle it in any way whatsoever. <laughs> Maybe, I just a, male, one, but. a male hippo, a male hippo can be from 3,300 to 4,000 pounds. Jesus. Just, oh, by the way. Well, let me, when okay, they're so born, when a, when a hippo is born, it's a hundred pounds or 95 or something. Yeah. Okay, so imagine that, a 4,000-pound beast running at you at 19 miles an hour. 19 miles an hour. Let's see. Uh, He wouldn't have to run at me long at that speed. (laughs) He would would have me. I'd be be done. What is it? I don't have to outrun the hippo. I just got to outrun you. Hey guys, I was just wondering, uh, what's the, what's the most expensive thing you've ever like been in contact with, been around and like, how did it make you feel? Like, for example, one time I was in a jewelry store and they asked if I wanted to hold a ring that was worth half a million dollars. And I absolutely would never touch it because you just didn't want anything to do with it. uh, It it looked like so dainty that I feel like if it like set in my hand, it would melt and then I'd have to buy it or something. Like, it was just like, (laughs) I don't understand why someone would spend that kind of money on something that frail looking like um, it just blew me away that that and it and by the way, it looked gorgeous. Like it did look like it should be worth a lot of money. Um, But I still like I can't imagine owning something that small worth that much money. So what do you guys have? So I'll I'll give it to you in just a second, Dad, because I'm still kind of trying to think that there's one Mm -hmm. thing that I remember. But I. When LJ asked that, when when you asked that, it makes me think of, I remember the last time we went up to Chicago, we all went, I think me, dad, uh, Tammy and Christy, they needed, someone needed a coat or something. We just need to go to the store to like, get some kind of clothes. And we went down to the loop and got, uh, went to Nordstrom. I've never been into a Nordstrom. I know it's expensive stuff, yeah. but I've just, I, I've never, it's not anything. I, it's not where I shop frequently. And right, so we right. go in there. And I understood real quick why it is a place that I don't shop because <laughs> everything in there was so damn expensive. Like I was just looking at shoes because, yeah. of course, because I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm wish you dad's did. son. Yeah, wish you had. So yeah. <laughs> I went in there and started looking at shoes and like some of the shoes I couldn't believe. Like I tried on like a $1,200 pair of shoe and a $1,500 pair of shoe. And then I saw one that was like $3,500 and I wasn't even going. I was Jeez. like, I'm with you. I didn't even want to try it on because I was like, I don't want to accidentally crease this thing or or where would you anything. wear shoes worth that much well these were some, you ever the carpet in your house out. <laughs> oh even then i'd be, I'd be afraid shoes. That the carpet would, yeah <laughs> they were like That's, some like uh, felt like felt red shoes that you would wear with like a red suit or something and then the ones that i didn't try on were like i don't know if they were diamond they weren't diamonds i suppose but they were just like they shine like they were shiny and had i don't know what i just i wasn't even gonna try them on though because i'm with you i thought i'm i'm gonna do something stupid and step wrong in i mean i think the only way you can have an item like that is if you're so wealthy that you can afford to ruin it right like that's i would never buy something in that realm i i hard have a hard time buying you know 60 dollar shoes because you know i don't want to mess them up prematurely Uh, dad what do you you got you got well i do i guess i have a story yeah so i was in uh new york city um tammy and i went with uh big head doug and his wife tracy we were there shut out big head doug got really cold every week now Every week, oh, he's basically a guest on the show. Uh, basically, <laughs> um, and he's a good listener too. So, but we're there, and it turned really cold and started snowing. So, I wanted to get one of those kind of overall jackets, you know, like a, I, you know, what I'm talking about. A big, you mean like a trench coat jacket. sort of thing? A oh, gosh, gotcha, gotcha. yeah, like yeah, a pea yeah. coat. But, Peacoat sort yeah, of. Yeah, yeah, but look, a peacoat, I think they call them, but it looks really nice. And so I went into a couple of stores and I went into, and, and I'm going to read you the designer's name, I think, Ar- Armand Gildo Zegna, Z E G N A Zegna. Okay. Ar- 
Armand, Armand Gildo, Zegna, maybe, or whatever. Yeah, I'll put okay. it in the show notes. But I went in there and tried one on, and it fit really good. It was beautiful. Did you even, did you know and, the price when you tried it on? Did you know what it was? I knew he was a big time. No, okay. no. I knew, I knew because I had one shirt of his that I'd looked up, and his shirts were like four or $500. I got wow. it from a friend or whatever, you know, and it's, it is still in my closet. It's my Las Vegas once a year <laughs> shirt, yeah. you know. But I went in there, tried this on. This jacket was amazing. It was great. And I asked the guy how much it was. And he goes, that'll be $8,500. <laughs> I just, said, oh, you know, I wanted to be cool. Like, well, yeah, okay. All right. But I said, well, I think I'm going to keep looking. <laughs> but, I mean, yeah, if it, it made was, you uh, feel, if it made you feel, you know, beautiful, then uh, let's, like, it's worth some money. <laughs> that yeah, jacket's doing its wait, work. Wait, wait. It's funny you br- you bring that up like you wanted to act cool. So when we went to that Nordstrom, like they're, they're real good about, and I've actually, I, we took a class about PR and stuff one time and, and I knew Nordstrom's really good about, there are people that work there are good about talking with you, customer service, helping you find what you want. And so that they, they will typically like seek you out if you're looking for something and try to sell you something. And I'm in there and I yeah. thought, I want to act cool and I'm going to see if they'll come and talk to me. They knew when I walk, when, I, when we step foot in that damn place, they knew I wasn't a buyer. That no one, no one once came and asked me a question because they knew, oh, oh, Kevin and, and my whatever I was in like a t-shirt and some busted Nikes. They knew I wasn't about to spend eighty five hundred dollars on a pair of shoes. Well, well, Kevin, if you remember, I did buy a little jacket there, like because it got was cold. Yeah. We I bought a little jacket, but the man immediately when I asked him, he took me to the uh, the the outlet rack or whatever. You know, the fifty percent. They could off. just tell. They we could tell that we weren't. The, we weren't the ball. We weren't walking in there like some ballers. They just knew. <laughs> we got to make some money off of this podcast so we can go pretty women Nordstrom. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no doubt, no doubt. So I was looking at these watches and I was just amazed at how expensive a watch can be. I was kind of like you with that ring. I was just like, yeah, holy, a watch can yeah, you can yeah. drop six figures on a watch, and it just was blowing my mind. Yeah, yeah. and I asked to try one on, and the guy was just like, he knew because I was. Clearly, I wouldn't buy one. I wasn't acting like I was going to buy one, but I was like, "Hey, could I try that?" I was like, "Uh," in the nicest way possible. The guy was just like, "No, no, you can't." If you're going to try it on, you can't afford it. He was just like, "If you can't buy it and it be the wrong size and you get it fixed, then you're not buying it." And I was just like, "Oh, okay, that's understandable." I don't know. I don't know for sure if I want to try it on because I'm like LJ. I'm going to drop it or something. But he just like the nicest way. He wasn't like a dick at all. He's just like, "No, you you cannot try it on. I'm sorry." Well, I guess no, no part of the can't. thing is I'm so clumsy that like I couldn't imagine a six figure anything lasting for more than like a month if I use it on a daily basis. Like that watch is going to have scratches in the glass almost immediately. And that watch will have, you know, like it, it's just going to get torn up. And so like I just would not be able to wear it, even if I I think if I was like infinitely wealthy, it just wouldn't feel like a valid idea to me. So but, but you know, OK, this makes me think of if you could, if you had a lot of money, what would you buy? You know, or something. Yeah. I think a yacht would be really cool where you could just sail around to like the islands. A yacht's a uh, lot of money, right? Like that's more than a mansion. Oh, yeah. A yacht, (laughs) I think you can spend a million, five million dollars on a yacht. I mean, you got more more money than you know what to do with if you got a yacht. But it's way too early. But I watched recently Duke's doing this tour. And I know before Dad can even roll his eyes at me. I know I'm, no, a, I'm a Duke Homer. Yeah. Homer. Homer. I, I know I'm, I'm a Duke Homer. And it seems like every year, especially here recently, because Krzyzewski's gone, Coach K's gone all in on the one and dones. 
But it seems like every year it's like, oh, but these guys they have this year. But these guys they have this year. But I'm saying I watched they, they're doing their little tour through Canada and they played, I think, the school in Toronto and then another school. Can't remember what it was, but like there's these smaller teams. It's basically like preseason. They're 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 killing these teams. But I've watched some highlights of RJ Barrett and Zion Williams, who are both like I think number one and number three in ESPN recruits and they're ESPN three hundred yeah. for out of high school and they're they're both on Duke. And Duke also has like the number four and number six and number eight guy on the roster. It's insane. They're God crazy loaded this year. But I just wanted to I've seen the video highlights and they're really good, but RJ Barrett one looks like he is I mean, he's really, really good. The full package. I see why he's number one recruit. But then that Zion Williamson, that, that kid. Is, Zion Williamson. I mean, he, is he is so athletic. Crook. I mean, he is. Okay, so the guy's six seven. That we not we don't know for sure. He's somewhere between two seventy and three hundred pounds. And he also he's in that hippo range. <laughs> I mean, he, he is. So yes, and he jumps out of the gym. Like there, there's one video. If you saw the highlights of the first game, there's one clip where he blocks someone and he gets a penalty for. Or, uh, it gets a goaltending call, but just how high that guy was. I mean, he hit it at the top of the backboard. It was insane. And then there's like another video. So I saw that full, that full court or not full court dunk. Uh, that's Michael Jordan and space jam. Uh, <laughs> I saw that free throw dunk that he yes, did. That's what I was going to bring up. So one of the, th- he's just so huge that it just looked like he took a bigger step than normal to get the ball oh. into me. Like it just did not look like he flew. Like Jordan made that dunk happen years ago. Uh, and it looked like he was just in the air for like 35 seconds. And Zion Williams, on the other hand, just like, at, he just took a big step. He was like trying to get over a puddle or something. Like that's what I look like trying to get it over a puddle. It seems so easy. He just jumped just from the free throw eight line. Times my size. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Like it didn't look like he even got very high. It's just a matter of he's so long he could almost fall and hit the hit the rim from the free throw. It's ridiculous. <laughs> I mean, the the only thing I could see in his game was his shot from the outside is not a beautiful thing at this point, but I mm-hmm. saw him hit several of them. I mean, the guy can hit a, a three. I, I wouldn't say it kind of had that Magic Johnson little kind of shot. Well, he shoot uh, he shoots form. like a. He shoots like a fat kid. He shoots like I used to shoot back in fourth grade, where he, he like, like he gets yeah. like two two inches off the ground and it's real slow. He better be wide open because the shots it's not a quick release at all. But but he's quick underneath. He's got some moves. He can cut. He can jump. I mean, he's he will be a force in the NCAA this year. And I watched him. Out of that. And I watched him in the second game. And him and RJ Barrett are just running the court. They're doing like alley. It looks it looks kind of like LeBron and D Wade look when they first got to Miami, except for. It doesn't look like they're playing against other elite talent. It looks like they're they're on one level, and then everyone else is playing on this other other tier. They're going to be fun to watch. I just what I was gonna what was wild to me is so people who say like oh some of the past players wouldn't have lasted in today's game because they're just so much more athletic. Blah blah blah. Like, I think that gets blown a little out of proportion, but it is hard well, to. I think that might be fact. Well, but no, I do think it's fact. I don't think it necessarily means like oh Michael. I don't think that's the end all be all to Michael Jordan or LeBron's better than Michael or vice versa. But well. I will say that we're talking about when when Michael did the dunk from the free throw line, that symbolized to us that is elite athleticism right there. That is amazing. That is the peak, mm-hmm. the best player, most athletic guy we watch. That's what he can do, and that's what shows it to us. But then Zion Williams, Williamson is this 18-year-old who routinely, like LJ said, can, by jumping over a puddle, jumps from the free throw line at dunks. <laughs> and it just clearly, and, and you'll see LeBron, and you see some of these other guys, clearly we are evolving, and we are, as humans, these these people are more athletic now than ever. 
And I, yeah. if it's not I mean, obvious, I, and I don't know what you're watching. I, I think to what you're saying, I think that if you drop Jordan as he was back in the in the 90s into today's game, he's a better than average player. But I don't think he's the all time greatness like he currently is. Um, but if you let Jordan grow up and be in high school at the same time as LeBron, then we're talking about right. a totally different situation. I think like the, he, I think ability, he would have found a way to be Michael Jordan. Yeah. I mean, I think our yeah, ability to yeah. grow muscle and strength is so much better that like, if you, if you drop a player from the eighties into a player today or into the game today in any sport, then, you know, they're not, they're not nearly where they were in their, in well, their I mean, we're, yeah, we're but, just smarter now, like recovery yeah. wise protein, like how yeah, to, yeah, we're just, right. yeah. Right. Um, but so, so different. That, and I won't get too much into, I won't tell this too much today because I know he'll get all riled up. I don't want to get him hot and bothered, but that's why five Michael Jordans would not beat five LeBron James because he's just better. But I, I mean, I, I, <laughs> I would be an interesting matchup. I, uh, I but, would probably tend to side with you, but I don't know. Michael Jordan would find a way. I think. <laughs> Maybe he would only play 18 holes of golf that day. But, but it's, it's only, it's, 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 it's August. It's or football season. We don't have get to blame that. We don't have to kill LJ with an MJ LeBron debate in, in August. He's, <laughs> yeah, he's right, trying to get away right. from basketball at least for well, a month. Can we talk yeah. about can we talk about LeBron's next contract? Not his current one, but his next one. That's what I want to talk about. <laughs> well, I really want to know what's gonna happen in the twenty twenty two free agency when LeBron <laughs> Well, no. he might be running for president by then because we'll have changed it to two-year terms so we get as many celebrities in and out. Um, All right. Once his, once his one and one with the player options over with. Anyway, so <laughs> let's go ahead and let's wrap. It's, I, it's been a fun episode, by the way. Um, we mentioned a few topics from previous episodes. You can always find, if you don't already subscribe to us, and I don't know what you're doing, if you've made it to this point in the podcast and you don't subscribe to our to us on iTunes, then you're just, you're, you're screwing up. Yeah. I mean, you listen for whatever the last hour, hour and 10, I don't even know how long. Uh, yeah. You might as well but, just subscribe. But we mentioned some previous, yeah, we, we mentioned some previous <laughs> topics and if you want to suffer through those as well, you can find all our episodes. And if you want to go to our site, we post like what they're all about. And we have our show notes where you can, so, I actually the other day just got lost. I was just skimming through some old episodes and just looking at our show notes. Yeah. Cause then that reminded That's me of what of we talked about. Yeah. Was, show notes are cool. Yeah. Yeah. So no we, 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 Try, we try at times some weeks better than others, but we try to put some effort to make the show notes good and the episodes good. So if, if you like, go check out our site at, at justpressplaypod.com. And then we're always on, on Facebook at Just Press Play Podcast and then on Twitter at JPP, JPP Podcast. So let's go ahead, like we always let's do, wrap it up. Another week. Let's wrap <laughs> it up like we always do with a little what we're listening to. So, Dad, I'm just going to, I'm going to, we're going to go eldest to youngest. We're going to start with you. What, what have you been listening to, Pops? Well, I've been listening to a lot of things, but one that really stuck out to me was the Derek Trucks Band. Hey. Blind, crippled, and crazy. All right. I listened to that today, and I'll just, lo- or the, on the golf course the other night. It's golf again. You know, not golf, you listen to music, you have <laughs> beverages, you play golf. Oh, oh, the Derek golf drop. We like need the golf drop. Dad said golf. It's, it's like a ray for <laughs> middle-aged people, right? That's what night golf is? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yes. Not, okay. <laughs> But yeah, Derek so, Trucks, so good choice. Derek Trucks band, I've never, I've never heard of them. So Derek Trucks band, well, Derek, I, it'll be, it'll be on the website. Yeah, Check I, it out, LJ. LJ, what have you been listening to? Well, this I actually didn't have an answer for this until uh, like a few hours ago, um, and I was just listening to Discover Weekly, and I heard the song called Cells Planets. It's actually a song by somebody named Erica Lloyd, but it's uh, this group Chanticleer did a cover of it, and. Uh, 
I, I don't want to give too much expectation, but for me, it was a, it, it was just, it was such a strong song. I couldn't even hear what they were saying. I couldn't understand the lyrics, but it hit me just emotionally. Like the, the arrangement, the chord structure, the, the talent level, it just like, it struck me deep. Um, so I would say check that out, but like, you know, have six minutes where you can actually really focus on it. I think it's a really special song, um, for me. It, it kind of, you know, the, the third eye blind lyric, the four right chords can make me cry. That's kind of how that song feels to me is it's just one of those, like, it's just done. Like it, hmm. I, once I looked up the lyrics, it was even more powerful. But before I did that, it was it was really strong to me. And maybe you'll listen to it and be like, well, that's just because LJ likes this kind of stuff or whatever. You know, I don't know if it'll affect you guys as much, but I I thought it was fantastic. I got you. OK, I have been listening to which I haven't done. Well, I've been like Dad said, we've been out at the river and it's just for the most part just been a playlist on shuffle. So I haven't listened to just one thing in general, but I have been listening to a little bit on my way up here. I read something cool about you'll like this, LJ, but the guy you show me, Vic Mensa, I think from Chicago, yeah. right? He's doing yeah, he's doing this real cool thing. He just started up like for kids going back to school where he's like giving away shoes and he's like setting up these yeah. shops and just giving away a bunch of shoes because these kids in some of these rundown areas, like what they're wearing for shoes is ridiculous what they're having to put on their feet so it was really cool i just it's yeah. a i'll try to go for, i'll find the article and put it in the show notes it's just cool what he's doing and it's cool when people give back to their communities and stuff in chicago as you know Ellen yeah. needs it in the worst way so yeah well so i mean and and vic mensa and chance the rapper are two shining lights and uh charity in the south side of chicago like if there were more people like those two then the world would be a better place it 100 but so when i saw that i just thought oh that's cool vic mensa and i thought i haven't listened to him in a while so i just put on some old Vic Mensa that you first had showed me and I was just kind of jammed to it. I just, I like him. He's good. And then Andy's What's a good guy. What's your favorite Vic Mensa song? Um, my favorite song, I'd probably say the one where he explains. There's a lot going yeah, on. Yeah, there's a lot going on. I like that one. Or, yes. or Liquor Locker. That is a good song. Those, the, Liquor Locker's fun. Those are probably my that, two. And those are two opposite songs. Yeah. I think I love those songs too. And like one of them's just like kind of frivolous and fun. And uh, one of them is just like he, he cuts his wrists open and says, you know, like, you know, just whatever. Just take a look at me. Yeah, if I um, if I had to pick if I had to pick two, hard. I think those are the two I'd pick. But yeah, it's that's hard. But then it's yeah. cool. That that album is probably what if you ask what I've been listening to, that there's a lot going on little that seven song little EP album, whatever you call yeah. it, it. That was what I like. So very good. Yeah. But so shout out to Vic Minson, like you said, Chance. Shout out to all the people out there musicians, athletes, whatever, anyone who's yeah. a businessman, anyone that's that's worked out yeah. well for them and they're yeah. giving back. Giving it's just back. cool. It's a cool yeah. deal. Yeah, so. shout out to anybody that's given to charity. Shout like, out to good people, not- man. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I'm going to turn my light on. Now it's starting to get dark and it's just sitting like a pitch ass black room. Pitch ass black. Get back here with your, your pitch ass. ass. <laughs> Sit your bitch ass down. <laughs> what y'all talking about? You and your bitch ass. Sit down. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't say bitch ass. I said pitch ass. Dark. I know uh, what you said, bitch ass. <laughs> well, I don't appreciate being called that term. <laughs> Sitting in a, a bitch ass dark room. It's a bitch ass room. I'm telling you. Alright, I, uh, I saw a thing and it was like an XKCD comic and it said what he likes to do is uh, is switch the hyphen in blank ass blank phrases so like, if you have like a big ass house, it actually becomes a big ass house, and so now every time I hear somebody use a phrase like that, I think of okay, so what would that actually be? Okay, cool moving on. <laughs> Shit your bitch ass down. Well, that one didn't work as good. No.